my youngest daughter, who was just a few months turning 14, um, had committed suicide. And the pain and the hurt of what we as a family had to go through, my, my pain turned within me. I could not look at any child. Hey guys, it's your girl Dinalan Dashi Jameson and you are listening to the Conversations with Purposed Women. This podcast is all about empowering women to thrive in their work with Jesus, motivation and accountability. We talk all things from celibacy, singleness, marriage, finances and purpose. I'm here to make sure that you are inspired, equipped and empowered to pursue God's mission. I invite you on this journey with me. Let's go after everything we've got together. Hi fam, welcome to our next episode. Um, it's amazing. God is faithful. It's, it's, it's so amazing. We're heading towards the end of the year and so much is happening. So much is aligning. And um, I really, really am so honored um, to host this platform. Your reviews are so amazing for every podcast episode that goes out there. Thank you so much. Um, don't forget to review, send in your reviews, subscribe, and do share with a friend. So, yeah, I have an amazing, an amazing, amazing kingdom mama uh, that is joining me in studio today. And she is not just anyone, right? She is not just anyone. She's someone very special that I've been in covenant with. Um, we've been joining together for quite some time. And... Um, her name is Monica Kenya. Um, she was actually my guest of honor at my first book launch. Some of you might remember. Um, she's a wife, mother, grandmother, and also a counselor. And to top it all off, she, she has also been my mentor for the past 10 years. Yep, you've heard that right. She has been my mentor. Powerful woman of God, rooted in the things of God, um, speaks truth unapologetically and speaks God's truth in love and in wisdom. She is such a well of wisdom. And um, I want to say a warm, warm welcome to Auntie Mo. Welcome into studio, mom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for welcoming me. Thank you, Deshi, for having me. Um, this is an a, a honorable um, place for me to be and to speak and to just share a bit of my life and my journey, including with you. And I'm honored that you've asked me to come and share, you know, just to mm. let, what, let the, everybody know that what God has been doing between us and in my life and in my family. So, yeah, I'm excited to share this platform with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for initially agreeing on this. I, you know I've been <laughs> hunting you down for quite some time. Not like I wasn't around. I was okay around, but I always said, this is her platform. Will let me know to have me. But truly it is an honor. And I knew that this time would come. You know, I knew that I, you, you would give me the opportunity to share on here. I just had to wait when the Lord said it was the right time to share. Somebody's going okay. to listen to this. And somebody's going to be touched. The Lord has a specific reason for us doing this podcast together. So thank you so Amen. much. Amen. Amen. And by the way, she's joining us all the way from South Africa. She lived in Australia as well. She lived in Namibia as well. That's how we met. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, let's dive into this. And I would like 
you guys to hear from her heart let her share herself you know um and um yeah so auntie monica you you have been an unapologetic well of wisdom um, um you've also studied as a for a counselor um what sparked your passion to study for counseling wow yeah that was in 2007 um while living overseas in australia um my youngest daughter who was just a few months turning 14 um had committed suicide and the pain and the hurt of what we as a family had to go through my my pain turned within me i could not look at any child that wore school uniform if i saw a kid with a school uniform it would break me so badly that i had to wait for all the school children to leave for school those who travel on buses and those who walk to school the area had to be clear of school children because in australia the uniform school uniforms of the different schools are so similar in their style and their pattern any of those children could have been children that were attending my daughter's school and that would trigger an anxiety within me and a hurt and a pain in me. So I couldn't handle looking at children in school uniforms because it just brought the pain. And also I couldn't handle seeing homeless, especially young people that were homeless sitting on the street because in my mind, when I looked at them, that was some mother's child. Some mother somewhere is crying for that child. Some mother is asking God, save my child. If they may be homeless because of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, or just rebellion in the home, but they're living on the street. So that's where my pain was. And I said, Lord, in this pain that I'm going through, help me to help children. And mm -hmm. that's when the university, the Sydney University, then sent out that they were doing a counseling course, people that are interested to come in and, and, and want to study will come in and study. They'll get, you know, they, they, will, they will offer the course to them. And it wasn't, it was, wasn't just an ordinary, it was, it was everything combined under one umbrella. It was grief counseling. It was alcoholism. You know, it was substance abuse counseling. It was marriage counseling. So it was everything under one umbrella. And I felt if I could get the wisdom and the knowledge on how to speak to these young people, I was able to do that. So I thought in my mind that I was going to do this cause to help these homeless people or help children that, that needed the support, that were having struggles at home. But God had a bigger picture in his mind, he took me what I'd learned and opened doors to mentor, not just those, that group of people that my heart was drawn to, but for many, many, in many people, whether it's broken marriages, whether it's young women that need counseling, whether it was women making decisions to leave, leave the marriage or children going wrong, even counseling within my own family, God opened a multitude of areas that I could go in and be of service and just show my love because of what I went through, the love to give, to give love to people, to show love to others, less fortunate than myself was so much easier. It made, made 
what I'd gone through, the, the journey that I've gone through, the pain that I went through, it made it easier to pour out to other people to understand where they were going to and what they were going through. It made the compassion with me, the empathy within me so much more greater that I just wanted to take everybody and pull them all together and put them in my bosom and just give them what, what they were lacking. And that's what God did for me. When I thought I was going out to help them, God used those people to then heal me of my brokenness. So, wow. yeah, God had a better plan than I thought, yeah. You know, so that was Auntie, it, yes. You know, Auntie Monica, God is so strategic and intentional. And I believe um, mm. he prepared you, not just, as you said, for so many young people that he used you to reach out and um, to pour into, you know. Um, I'm, mm. I'm sitting here and I'm realizing that, wow, Lord, that had that that incident happened um also that it aligned us to meet right and and we mm. met um i believe seven years after that that happened to your daughter mm. and um i remember meeting you through going to <laughs> a prayer meeting and i was not born again and um i met you through my big sister she loved you a lot and um we used to go to your house and visit and she would always string me along. And I remember telling her, I don't like this auntie. She's too strict and straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly Amen. didn't like you. Yeah. She was like, you know, I was so scared of you because you, you had this boldness and courage to speak God's truth in love. And you were so unapologetic about it. You called the wrongs of people out in, in a godly manner and with godly wisdom. Mm you know, to realign them uh, towards God's purpose for their lives. And I remember going to India and God connecting us while I was going through so much. As we continued to journey and you opened up um, about your daughter to me and, you know, um, it, it, what, what, what is quite surprising is we would have been the same. She would have been my age too. We, Absolutely. You know, um, Absolutely. And, mm. and, I, and I believe this is, this is what made our connection so special that it's like God gave you another daughter, but Amen. Through, Amen. through a different way, um, mm. you know, and, and, and I, and one thing that I, that I truly honor you for is, is, is if I can look back on my life, the past 10 years is that um, you have been such an example to run to the cross and to hug the cross in your pain, in your questioning, mm. And mm. I never understood that. At times I was like, I'll be like, Lord, she's telling me I need to go and lay before the Lord. I have questions. And she's telling me, you know, but I love that you will never tell the next person to do something that you would not have done for yourself already. Amen. You would not Amen. tell someone to exercise something that you are not living through. Um, mm. and, and, I, and I think that is what makes you such a, beautiful well of wisdom and um, that makes you have such a heart for the kingdom, not just for God, but also mm. for the kingdom in, in terms Amen. of it's not just religious. You're really pushing young people towards God's will and purpose for their lives by speaking truth in love. Um, who needed just your wisdom, your love, mm. your mm. peace, and your well of strength and wisdom 
you know, to endure pain mm. and to know that it's part of purpose. And I'm, I'm so blessed to hear how um, you see the bigger picture in what happened. Yes. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, this was such a, she was, she, she came at the later, in our later life and she, where we were ready to now give up the, the career that was full-time, you know, working full-time. So we were flexible with our careers and we were able to enjoy having her as our little mini-me wherever we went, she was with us. And um, when, when this happened, um, we were on our way back from, well, we had come back from work and this, this whole thing happened. And, you know, as I was walking through the house, the... the the ambulance guys, the paramedics are working on her and I'm walking through the house praying and I'm saying, God, if it's your will, wake her up. You know, wake up. No panic, just a lot of anxious, not panic, just anxious. Because somehow in me, I was feeling that this is going to turn out all right. But just up and on and then the police were there and they asked us to sit outside. And... Uh, when when they said to me they've tried everything and nothing's working, they take me to the hotel. I sort of thought, now, okay, nothing's working. So why are you telling me? But I think in that, it was a bit of fear must would have probably come in to say, well, oh, they're telling me there's nothing more they can. But I let it go. I just said, Lord, let your will be done and let it go. There was absolutely no fear. They asked us to come to the hospital. When we got to the hospital, I went and they said to me, you can go in and speak to her. She just looks like she's sleeping. It's okay. And I went and I spoke to her and I explained to her, you know what the church tells us. You know what God says. You need to go and find your peace. You didn't have peace on this earth. Go and find your peace. And I stood there and I said, Father, all I can say to you, my Lord and my God, is Thank you for the 14 years of blissful life. This child was a blessing to us. When I say a blessing, people will think because I'm the mother, I'm biased. No, if I said you can't do this, it's not. If I said you were grounded because you came home late, you went home on time, or you didn't do, you know, whatever she didn't do, she accepted her responsibility. So there was no way that I could say anything else but say to my God, you gave it to me late in life, but I thank you for the 14 years. You know, when my pastor heard me saying that, he said, I've never heard it. How wonderful in the midst of her tragedy, she thanks her father in heaven for the 40 years. And he preached it the following week in church. He preached, he said, my lady, my gosh, I cannot believe that that's how your first thought is to give God thanks for the years because I know who my God is. And I know that I, he, he was never going to allow me to go through this tragedy without him in the midst of it. Mm. I remember a, the, the, the week of morning before, I didn't stop. I continued doing midnight prayers. And I was in that room and I put the worship on. I was on the floor, sitting on the floor next to the recorder that was playing. And I just began to bore. And I cried my heart out. I said, Lord, this is so painful. 
I cannot pray tonight, but I ask you to receive my prayer, my tears as an offering. I offer you my tears. And I'm going to end this now and I'm going to go to bed. Just, just, just like that, I just felt I, I was so, that pain just rushed over me because, and I had, I knew I had all these arrangements to make. We had things to do. And so, yes, all the days, it was just a blur because I'm running around doing everything. And at the same time, we are moving house. So there's so much happening. And that night, I couldn't, everything came crashing down. And I just said, Lord, I offer you my tears as my prayer, as an offering to you. And I got up from there. And as I got up to walk to my bed, a wind, a slight breeze came into my room and something brushed up against my hand, my arm, as I turned to get in bed. I felt a brush up and I knew the Holy Spirit was in my room. I knew that mm. God was with me. And I even said, thank you, my father, that you have received my tears as an offering of prayer. I knew that God let me know that he was close to me. It didn't even take two years and the spirit of grief left us. Pastor's wife prayed for us and I felt a fire hit me deep in my belly. I began to scream mm. as that spirit left and trust God that when that spirit left me at the same time, it left my family. We all got delivered at the same time and we were able to speak about her in such joy and such peace. So yes, God never leaves us. No matter what we go through, he's been through pain and suffering is everything he knows. Everything we go through on this earth, he's been through it. So he knows. And like they say, when my child had died, a parent will say, Lord, my child has died. He says, and so is mine. And I would say, Lord, you've got yours sitting next to you, he says, yes, and I have yours in my arms. So that was what gave me peace. Um, Auntie Monica, can you share about your journey in becoming a Christian and how God directed you to the right churches? How did you know it was the right church? Well, to start off with, I became a Christian at the age of nine. Very hard to revert. My family was um, Catholic, and I may have yeah, around nine, ten years old. And at those times, there used to be um, tent revivals, and uh, people used to just put um, uh, speakers at the back of their buckies, and they used to go to certain place and park the buckies. You know, churches used to do that and they have their youths preach or whatever, whatever would preach and a group of people standing around to, and we, the inquisitive ones, would want to hear what's all the noise about and we go stand and hear them. And then when they'd make an altar call, all the little church members would be around to speak to people that lift up their hands. And so that's how it, it, it went. And I think I made a call at... I answered the call at the, at the age of nine while standing on a street corner listening to these people preach. Didn't understand what we're saying and what they were preaching about this Jesus, this this person, but 
knew there was something good about this person, but I didn't understand what, even though they were speaking, the sound that was coming, words they may have been using, because if I think back, I cannot even remember what was it. But I remember making an altar call and I remember responding. And I know something happened, something changed in my life because I could feel there was a difference. Remember, I went back straight still into the same home that I came out of, Catholics, not practicing Catholics, but just so Catholics. When there's first Holy Communion, you make your whole first Holy Communion, that was it. Remember, I also was in a dysfunctional family. Although they gave out pamphlets to go to church and things, I had no... There was no, I can't say, although I felt good, there was no passion or there was nothing to follow or not. I don't know. My life was just a little bit messed up then. So as the year, months and years went by, I just started back into the world again. And then the last time I was now maybe about 20, maybe about in my 30s. And this time when I committed to God, I had understanding. I had a longing insight to get to know God. Remember from the age 21, um, I started, I gave my life to God. And then through the years, I lost my way. And yet am I 31? I'm starting to feel that something is missing in my life. I've been married. I've got a home of my own. I've got the children. Everything is going well. But something inside of me is missing. And I began to walk the passages of my, my home. And I said, Lord, I don't know what it is, but if it's you, I'm asking you to, if you want me, if it's you that wants me back in a church, you want me to rededicate my life again, I'm going to ask you to bring the church to me. When I moved to the new area and my children are mixing with the neighborhood kids, busy praying in my house and saying, Lord, if you want me in a church, you will bring the church to me. Be careful what we ask for. It was just a prayer. Yes, a prayer that I was longing to have a relationship back with God. Something was missing there. But I just threw this out. And God in all his faithfulness heard the woman in her passage crying out to him and saying, if you want me back in the church, then you bring the church to me. And praise God, he brought the church to me. That's how faithful is. Never test God. Because my children came to me one day and said, Mom, the ladies down the bottom there, we, we play with the children. My friend's mom says they would like to invite you to church. They pick <laughs> you up. <laughs> they will come and pick you up if you want to go. And I said, oh, yes, please. I would really love to go. I wonder, I don't know the churches in this area, so it would be a very good idea if they could come. And she came back to me. She said, at a certain time, you must be on the corner. They'll pick you up. I said, okay, in the corner of the street we live. I was there 8 o'clock, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm in this car. We're driving. Where are we going? Because it doesn't look, we look like we've gone out. I can see this. This is the new area's way that I would travel to work out the area. And I tell you, when they pulled up in front of the church, I said, Lord, you cannot be serious. You cannot be serious. This is the very church I wouldn't have come to because of, I was scared of the alleyway. The church in the alleyway, <laughs> this is the church where I said, the thugs here in Yobra will catch me. I cannot do this. 
God in all his sense of humor brought me to that church. And that was the church that taught me who my God is, that taught me the cross of Jesus Christ, the salvation of my soul, how to be born again and how Mm. to be an evangelist for the kingdom of Mm. God. Glory to God. Glory, Lord. Never forget those days. I will never forget days. It taught us how to live the life of a Christian. And not till today, I still walk that walk. Uh, I'm just reminded of the scripture that says, it's in Corinthians, that says that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And more often, Amen. we can easily prematurely judge to places and people God is leading and guiding us to that it's not God because it's not mm. what we expected. It's not what we want. You know, it's, it's normally yep. always a smaller place or it's normally always someone that you didn't think or imagine your life and um mm. that is just how strategic and faithful god is um i'm mm. i'm really blessed by by that and um so um the other thing i wanted to ask you is that um you've also you also have a vast experience in the travel industry um how mm. has um losing your job through covid um um how can you articulate God's supernatural provision in the past two years? How has, how has this experience really been a catalyst to, to 100% surrender, not half-heartedly, but fully surrender and to see his goodness? And I think I took a little bit long or just a little bit disobedience. I'm not sure what it is, but eventually, and you must remember I was also being loyal to men. Because my bosses were very, very, very good people that took care of all their stuff, whether it was personal, whether it was what they never wanted to see their staff in distress. So also I was doing a bit of pleasing of men. And then COVID hit and still they, we were not able to work, but still they took care of us and paid us through that time. And then it came to a time where they said there's no more money in the company. They cannot do it and now I was without a job and this was the time where now let me see the words that you it was very easy to say while you could get up and go to a job that God is your source let's see if you can live that life and God is your source the main thing for me what happened is I went into the word and I kept on saying Lord you've got to show me it was an honor for me come home and to pay the bills and to take care of the family and make sure the family was comfortable. Now Mm. the time came where I wasn't able to do it. I had to dig deep. And that's where I began to dig in the word. I began to pray. I began to fast. That's how I lived. I kept on quoting scriptures. And you know, you know, for the last two and a half, almost three years, you are a witness to it because you practically lived my life with me and knew what I was going through. And still today, God is holding me and my family up without a salary. Wow. Amazing. It is unbelieving. Unbelievable if you can if you can get your head wrapped around it. But do you know how many people are living by faith? We don't have mm. everything we would want, but we have everything we need. There's a roof mm. over our head. We warm in bed. There's a meal every night. We have people that love us, people that call us, people that lift us up, people that pray for us. 
I don't need to uh, compete with the Joneses next door. I don't mm. need to have the best home looking home. What I have is comfortable for me. And as long as I have the peace of God, that's how we love. And I can hear him and just honor him and walk in his ways. He will take, he told me years ago in a dream, I will take care of you and your family. He said it once in my spirit, I felt the beautiful, beautiful, amazing feeling when I heard those words in my right ear. I wanted to hear, as I said, I went to the TV, I switched the TV on, I saw the words mm -hmm. come across the TV. I said, I want that feeling. I grabbed a book on the couch in the dream and I read that, opened that book and I, I read those words, I will take care of you and your family and the dream ended. The very next morning I was getting ready to go to church and I said to him, Lord, what did you mean? Why, mm -hmm. oh, the first time you said it and I felt that in my spirit, the second, he said, mm -hmm. yes, the first time I spoke it, I sealed it in your spirit. Hmm. The second and the third times were just confirmation of my word. He's a God of confirmation. Hmm. Up till this day, we live by faith. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know who's going to come and knock on my door, but I make sure my hands are always open. Whoever needs a helping hand, what I got, I will cut it in half and I'll share it with that person. Always learn to be a giver. Always take what you have in your hand and share with it. Do not hold back. They say, cast your bread upon the waters and tomorrow it will return back to you. Mm -hmm. After many days, it will return back to you. So always be a giver. It is mm -hmm. better to be a giver than a receiver because the more you give, the more you'll receive back mm -hmm. from God. He's a, good, he's a good God. He takes care of his own. Yep. He takes Amen. care of his and own. Mm. As you're talking, I'm just reminded of um, Isaac. Um, when God told Isaac um, that he will, just like he did with Abraham, you know, God told him that um, yes. God will will take him, God, God will show him to the land where he should go, you know. Mm. But when, when Isaac moved, when he started transitioning, you know, he got into a land that, that was that was barren. Mm. But God told him, that's where I'm planting you. Mm -hmm. um, amen, amen, and, amen. Yes. You know, mm. And it was not until the digging that, you know, he started, he started embracing God's provision, God's uh, supernatural provision. And amen. as I said earlier, uh, I'm... Sometimes we can easily say this is not God, right? Mm. We can because it's say, too hard. God, where are you? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can easily say, "Why would God lead me to barrenness?" You know, mm. um, God told him that there was famine and hardship in mm. the land, and and mm. and everyone left, but God told Isaac, "Stay." But it is recorded in scripture that he sowed in that barren land oh, and he reaped hundredfold. Yeah, mm. I, I think this is in Genesis 26, you know. Mm. And 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 it's amazing as Christians how and we also live in a in a very in a time of uh, um a red race and instantaneousness, you know, where technology is so fast, everything is so fast. Yeah. Um where you mm. you, you we I tend to our now generation. 
Yes. And our faith can tend to, to, to get wounded because you're comparing your life with that of the neighbor. But there's also a, a quote Amen. I came across on social media that said that um, more often your, your spiritual life is supposed to supersede what, you, what the material looks like in your life, what the materialistic mm, mm, mm. thing looks like in your life. And more often when you're growing more spiritually, the materialistic things will not be so obvious to say that you're growing, but you are, mm, you have amen. grown. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is just, fruit. It is so refreshing. Yeah. It, mm. is, it is so refreshing to hear you say this and um, whatever we're going through, just like you shared with me yesterday, Jesus experienced everything, you Ooh, know, and I, I think also we, we tend to, have a spirit of entitlement. There's such a spirit of entitlement in this on this generation that we believe God owes us. God owes me a house. God owes me a car. God owes me yeah. a husband. God doesn't owe nobody nothing. He owes you nothing. He owes nobody nothing. He's done it all already. Everything he owed us, he owed, did it on the cross. What more do we want? Why? Why do we feel that? When things are hard, oh, he's not there. Then we 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 tend to turn away. Oh, he he doesn't want it. Maybe I'm not made to it. No, no, no. He is still God in the valley. As much as he's God on the mountain top, he's still God even in the valley. He never leaves us, nor yeah. forsakes us through our hardship. And why? Why do people think that when you become a Christian, that life is supposed to get easier? No, it gets harder. It gets mm. harder because now the enemy is after you. The enemy wants, mm. wants to break you so you don't follow what God has in store for you, so you don't get what God has in store for you. It, mm. it gets harder. But if you push and you trust and you follow the word, when, when, when as much as it gets it will get harder, but if you come into covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, he is obligated to give you all the promises. Don't think that because now you're a Christian, everything's going to work. No, you still have to come into covenant. You still have to sign that contract of his word. Come into agreement with his word and do as the word says. And then see how Satan's got no right to touch you when you come into covenant and come in with the, in agreement with the word of God and do as the word of God mm -hmm. says, Satan has no right to touch you. God will smite him. If he ever touches mm -hmm. you when you walking and following, he can make things difficult for you, but he will not succeed in whatever he comes at. As long as you're walking in the word of God, Yes, the word of God. Satan has no right to touch you. And if he does, as I said, do not touch that or curse that which is God has blessed. Hmm. Be careful. Wow. Whether you Satan wow. or you man on earth, don't don't touch, don't curse that which God has blessed. You'll pay with hmm. your life. Hmm. Amazing. Praise and God. Um it's 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 I, I'm just reminded again that scripture says that narrow is the road, you know that leads Ooh, to everlasting yes. life and broad is the gate, mm. you know? So, yep. um, we, it's, it's, it's hard. Being a Christian is hard. And, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, I love, it is so refreshing to hear it from someone who you have experienced so much loss, also restoration. Mm. 
and how you you are embracing the peace and the joy in the midst of not having what you've always had but you you mm. you still getting to experience his love his peace and his supernatural provision mm. and um, i am i am again just so encouraged and reminded of um by their fruits you will know them um a lot mm. of christians Amen. say they they believe god they serve god but when you look at their lives, you know they don't they don't mm. they don't trust God fully to surrender mm. um, the spouse, to surrender um, the house, to surrender the car, to surrender the job. Um, it it all boils mm. down to the practical side of being someone that's serving Jesus. Are you are you really walking the talk? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Because it's really difficult. Yeah. It is difficult. It's not an easy thing to, but because as I'm saying, Satan is setting traps every day for you, but through discernment, the Lord will wake you up. Um, so, mm. and Monica, just to close off, um, I, I heard you say um, um, in the beginning of our conversation that you were married and you had kids and you were walking down the hallways of your home, but you were still feeling an emptiness. Um, and you said, Lord, what is it? Um, mm. I still do not feel complete. I still feel mm. this hole in my heart. Um, if it is you that needs to come into my heart, then do it. Um, it's it's beautiful that you acknowledge that because so many women, you know, men have this notion of when you get married, you are complete. When you have kids, you are complete. Um, what advice would you give um to mothers, to to wives, actually, um, who have, you know, they got what they wanted, but they still feel empty um, because God is the missing factor or God was part of it, but they just got so involved with one another that they forgot about God, you know. And at the same time, I would like you to also encourage singles who are in waiting um, who feel like um, looking at other couples and feel like, Lord, when will it be my time? Possibly comprehending that that is what wholeness looks like. What would you just say to them? Uh, to, the, to the wives, in fact, to anybody, we are spirit beings first and foremost. Within us, there's a place only set aside only for the Holy Spirit. when we have everything that we want in life and life is good, we tend to forget that there's a place that we are to fill with God's love. We do. We definitely tend to forget. Then we forget to fill it with the cares of this world and the life that we live with everything that's good, we fill it. And there comes a time where that whatever we fill in that space, the Holy Spirit's face, will not satisfy us any longer. There mm. will be, you will actually sense that there's something missing. Everything I have is good, but it's not filling some, there's a space that's still longing. And that's the space that belongs to the Holy Spirit. Unless and until we've, oh Jesus, I feel the Spirit of God that this is, you know, this is so true. Unless they fill that space, 
with who mm. God is, because that's a spacious field. Nothing, nothing, nothing will ever satisfy us. Mm-hmm. No matter how we will try alcohol, we will try uh, drugs, we will try uh, sex, we will try everything. But nothing will fill that void until we put God back in his rightful place on the throne of our hearts. When mm-hmm. God is the first and the most important person in our lives, everything falls into place. Everything takes its rightful place in our hearts because he says, um, the scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all, all, not some, all these things will fall into place. If you cannot or do not understand or know how to honor the Lord, you will never know how to honor your husband. It will be a mm-hmm. difficult thing to honor the man that you are married to. And that's where your problems in your marriage come from. Right now, in your singleness, forget about the worldly things. Forget about a, a, a boyfriend. How did she get that boyfriend? Or a fiance, or she's got a ring on her finger. Serve your master and your Lord first. Honor him in all your ways. That when he sends you your earthly groom, that man where the Proverbs 91 says, he who finds a wife, finds a good thing, will be your portion. Your husband will stand at the gates of the market gate, talk about his wife. Today, I'll say that my husband, after 30 years of knowing him, still gives me butterflies in my stomach. Mm-hmm. I still, as a married woman, desire my husband above every other man that can ever walk before my eyes. That's because I put my God first. And I told him, I said to him, my husband, it's my God first, then you, and then my children. Amen. I, I can never put my children before my husband. God, it's not a godly thing. Your, hus- mm. your God first, then your husband, then your children. It will go well with mm-hmm. you. Do that, and it will go well with you. Wow. That's the order Amen. of God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, mm. there you all heard it straight from Monica. The King horse's mouth. <laughs> straight shooter, doesn't candy coat. I think mm. I think you all can relate where I get that side from. You know, mm. unapologetic about speaking to God's truth in love. And Andy Monica, thank you for your time. It was such an honor to have you on here. Um, I know um, technically there were so many hiccups, but we thank God that um, this is going to go out and I know it's going to impact so many. All right. So thank you so much for your time. Um, Thank you for um, pouring back into the Purposed Woman community. I know so many will be blessed um, just to hear what God has been doing in and through you. And um, yeah, it, it is, it's really an honor to have you on this platform. Well, I want to say thank you to you for, and the community as well for inviting me and having me. And I pray they are blessed. I'd love to see, you know, more women coming in and sharing their thoughts. And to be honest with you guys, I don't have it all together. I still miss the mark sometimes. But because he's a merciful, faithful God, I am able to go back to him in repentance and ask for my forgiveness 
and know that I must pick myself up from how far I've fallen, dust myself off, straighten my crown, and continue walking. Mm. That's all we do. Repentance, repentance, because the word of God says, he who hides his sin mm. shall not, shall not bless you if you're hiding your sin. Conf mm. When we, we all fall, if, and the Bible says nobody is perfect. So when you fall, mm. the best thing is just get up, ask for, conf confess your sins, repent of what you've done, dust yourself up, straighten your crown, and keep marching. It's a hard road. Mm. It's a hard road. But be blessed, guys. And I'd love to hear the next lady's comments would be awesome. Bless you, Deshi, and thank you so much for what you're doing for the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank Amen. you for keeping me accountable as well. <laughs> you know I've got to do that. Speak to you soon as... Um, Cheers. Guys, mm. yeah. Guys, that was Auntie Monica. Um, straightforward, straight shooter. She loves God so much. And she is passionate about all things kingdom. And um, thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate this podcast, and share it with someone who you might know need to hear this. So on to the next episode. See you guys. Bye.